The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to win game odds on every major sport, WinBet is what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're brought to you by PixWise. PixWise is the number one app for free sports betting picks, props and parlays. Download the free PixWise app now to make your next bet better. And we're brought to you by OddsCrowd. If you're the best football better in the US, OddsCrowd challenges you to prove it with their free-to-play fantasy betting contests. OddsCrowd gives away hundreds of dollars in weekly contests, including the $100 SGPN exclusive free roll contest. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name's Malcolm Bamford, here to guide you through everything MLB as we hit the playoff run in earnest for the next 40 minutes or so. And here to join me, as always, my esteemed colleague, the very luxurious Mr. Munaf, Manji Munaf. Good evening. How are you? Good evening, sir. I'm doing well. Uh, lots of lots of great stuff going on, I guess you could say, right? NFL Week 2 is in the book, but uh, this... Uh, Baseball is heating up. You know, I find myself paying more attention to baseball just because we're getting closer and closer to uh, the playoffs. But some of these, uh, I know we'll get into it in a, in a little bit, but these races are really getting interesting. Yeah, you get a little, you get a little mini season now. Obviously, yeah, uh, the baseball people deem it takes 162 games to uh, to establish just who is good and who is bad. But yeah, uh, when you get these, um, when you get to within sort of 20 games. Um, at the end of the season and, and below that, and every uh, every little series um, really does make a difference. Like for 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 a lot of the a lot of the teams, it is exciting, and I look forward to waking up in the morning and uh, logging on. We've got a little mental checklist now that sort of goes: Phillies, Braves, Dodgers, Giants. And sort of okay, Phillies would, Braves would, Dodgers would, Giants. Yeah. So sort of taking yeah. them off one at a time. The exactly. Cardinals are in there. Um, the Blue Jays, Red Sox. So there's eight or nine teams that you're looking for. Uh, who is still very much live, but um, yeah, really good fun. It's been it's been a fun weekend. Moon after the um, the NFL was a bit ugly last night. Um, quite especially the early slate. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wasn't many fantasy points kicking about. Um, yeah, just about survived in the in the DGENs, uh, the SGP DGENs, the Guillotine League. Yeah, um, I'm around the bottom again. I'm with the bottom feeders, but I don't think I'm going to be the bottom one, which is the only important thing. Uh, but yeah, not many points kicking about, and lots of Lots of unders last night. Yeah, early on, I think the like you said, the morning slate or the the early afternoon slate, a lot of lot of uh, unders in in the in those games. We saw a lot more points in the afternoon slate and then the Sunday night game. But um, you know, sometimes I think it just comes down to matchups, and I think some teams are dealing with injuries already, and um, you know, a lot of teams have new head coaches. Maybe they're trying to figure out their offenses, but. You know, I think we're seeing some some better defense being played, and um, you know, I, I think it, uh, I think scoring will pick up. You know, as we get week to week, 
uh, as we continue the NFL season. But yeah, the afternoon games, really, some of them were, I think that Seattle and the Tennessee game had 60 plus points. Mm -hmm. The Chiefs and Ravens game last night had a lot of points. Uh, Falcons, Buccaneers had a lot of points. So um, Vikings game was ridiculous. That's Vikings. Uh, cards. I guess they um, saved I, all the exciting games for the afternoon slate, huh? <laughs> if you're a fan of points. I still can't get on board with Kyler Murray Moon. I don't know if it's me, but just seems to run around like a four-year-old. Like, and it's just so, I don't like watching it. It makes my teeth itch. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is about it. That, uh, he just doesn't look in control at any point, but then he clearly is. And yeah. I don't know. It's just something I can't get on board with. Yeah, he's carrying my uh, fantasy team for the first two weeks, so <laughs> I'm not too mad at him right now. But yeah, it's crazy. I mean, he's like five foot, five foot nothing, and then originally he was supposed to play baseball. And I think this is a good, uh, good uh, topic for us to discuss. Is that you know I think he got drafted by the A's, was it? And and he wanted to play baseball, but I think that his agent has said that you're going to make a lot more money playing um, playing football. So I guess he decided to do that. But I think. I think his heart's always going to be with baseball. I mean, who knows? Maybe further down, further down the line, we see him play baseball um, with the team that drafted him. But yeah, Kyler Murray, more of a the body type that he has is more for baseball for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we had a decent APL weekend. Newcastle didn't get beat remarkably on the, in the Friday night game. We got yeah. we got a one all with Leeds. We probably should have got beat actually. It was a really entertaining game of football. It was like a basketball match actually. I think it was, it was four, 40 something attempts on goal. Yeah, uh, which isn't something you associate with Newcastle. But uh, so we remain winless now through five rounds. Anyway, we haven't. Uh, I think we've got two points now. Two two draws and three defeats, which isn't great. Um, my horses went on. Saturday night at Woodbine. I got two out of three moon off there we go. Uh, in the article I put up. They weren't fancy prices, unfortunately, but um, the winner's a winner. I think one was just under uh, 100 uh, minus maybe 110. Okay. And the other one was over. One was about what, plus plus 180. Um, but yeah, I'll take, I'll take two out of three any day of the week. So uh, ticking over on those. Yeah. Um, and the biggest news of all moon off was that my baseball game got rained out. Um, the team who were coming up from Lincoln, which oh, yeah. is about two hours south of here, they called it off. They looked at the weather forecast themselves and deemed it was going to be too wet for them to come and play. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday afternoon, it was tropical. We went and we went and trained. The only danger was low flying parrots in the hot weather. <laughs> uh, it, it was absolutely infuriating because I was really looking forward to a game and I was yeah. going to tell you how many hits I'd had in there. Uh, how many wonderful fielding displays I'd put on. Um, and they never turned up. So that was the end of that. So how far are they from uh, Newcastle then? Maybe the two hours, down? two hours south. By train? No, no, drive. Drive. Maybe they didn't want to make the drive. That's what it was. I think. Yeah, that's exactly what it, I've got a feeling, Moon, after listening to the podcast, uh, taken on board my confidence. And it was <laughs> just stone cold fear, I think it was. Um, yeah. I can't think good- of it. Another were, rational explanation. You were going to go Vladimir Guerrero Jr. on them. So they <laughs> yeah, got, I was. They got, a little, they got scared. So that's your I'm own fault. S- yeah, yeah. So I shouldn't <laughs> have talked it up. I'll keep it. I'll keep it quiet this week. Um, okay, moving off the uh, the topic in hand, MLB um, standings wise. Then, since we talked on uh, Thursday night, um, the Giants and Dodgers still going toe to toe. I think they've both gone uh, two and one. The, Dodgers took two off the cards, I think. Reds. 
Yes, sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the Giants, uh, they won. Uh, they took three. two against the Braves. Yes, so, sir. as you were, uh, still two games, uh, two games up the Giants. Yeah, I mean, um, it's really going to come down to the wire. I mean, you take a look at the fan graph projections. It's literally they're separated by 0.6 percentage, uh, whether they're going to win the division or whoever's going to go to the uh, wild card. So, uh, you know, we're, we're tracking this every day. You know, you mentioned we're checking the scores every single day and and looking at who they have left playing and things like that. I think this week we'll get we'll get to the weekday series here in a, uh, at the tail end of the show, but um, I think it was important. At least you know if you're gonna win, if you're gonna win games right now, just try to win the series. You know, take two out of the three, or if you have a four game set, try to get those three out of the four, and then hopefully the cards kind of fall your way. Way, but uh, you know you kind of at least for the Giants, you kind of control your own destiny right now, right? And then same thing for the Dodgers. You just got to win games and hopefully the Giants drop to and you're in first place and vice versa for um, the NL East also. So, you know, I think the uh, Phillies closed the gap a little bit. I think they got, what, two out of three from the Mets. Yeah. And the, um, the Braves dropped two out of three against the Giants. So I think they closed one game gap there. So they're two games back uh, now. I think this is a cru- crucial period for the Phillies because they have a team coming to town that the, the Red Sox absolutely blitzed. And if the Phillies are able to do that, to start the week here, they're going to be in good shape. And then I think they have uh, four against the Pirates. So this is an important, very, very important uh, stretch of games for the uh, the Phillies coming up. It's between the Orioles and the Pirates, in which they should at least go five and two, six and one at minimum if they're going to try to get this NL East title. That's exactly right. If you're a Phillies better, um, or even, I mean, we talk about um, prop swap and things like that. Over here, we, have, we would have a, you'd call it back to lay. So I would back them uh, and you can lay them back. We have websites here where I could lay a bet back on the Phillies. Um, but if you can find a price about them, if you want to take the Phillies uh, for whatever reason, um, this is the time to do it because if they are going to do it, they're going to win the series this week. If you wanted to back them to be able to hedge out, uh, to be able to lay them back at any point, you say they've got seven games coming up against the Orioles and the Pirates. Yeah. Probably if probably the worst two teams or yeah. certainly two, two of the worst three or four if you want to throw the Rangers in there and the D-backs maybe um, but yeah now is the time that the Phillies are going to do it um, the two games back of the Braves and uh, absolutely the time to do it you also mentioned winning series that's so important a couple of weeks ago it was the Reds and the Cardinals you couldn't put a cigarette paper between them I yeah. think the Reds have lost eight straight series um, so they've been ticking along winning the odd game uh, mm-hmm. but they've lost eight straight series and all of a sudden now the Cardinals um, on the back of a really hot streak moving after the Cardinals have won eight. Um, they are now in really out of nowhere yeah. uh, in pole position for that wild card spot. Yeah, they kind of really came out of nowhere. I mean, I, I, I really didn't see them. I don't think we talked about that Cardinals didn't really have a chance because they had a lot of injuries, especially to their pitching staff. But Adam Wainwright, has looked like Benjamin Button here in that uh, he's really <laughs> leading the way for the uh, for the Cardinals pitching staff. Uh, it, it's just crazy to me to think that their best pitcher is not here for them, right? We talked about Jack Flaherty a lot early on in the season, how he just got off to a red-hot start for the Cardinals. And if he was around still, I mean, who knows uh, what the story could have been for them. Maybe they could have, if they had him healthy, and if the batting was a little better, kind of in that that during the summer months they could have competed for that NL central title, but the Brewers are, are pretty much locked that up, but now it's down to the, uh, the national league, uh, wild card for the Cardinals. So 
Um, it's going to be an interesting race, man. I, I'm excited to watch this for the next two weeks here and kind of how it unfolds. So, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of great betting opportunities also because you know these teams are going to have to win. So, I don't know, maybe it'll be fun to see just kind of blindly parlaying Giants, Dodgers, Cardinals, uh, Phillies every single night. I think that would be kind of a fun thing to keep any an eye of them. On. Yeah, I think you could throw the Red Sox and the Blue Jays in there yeah. as well, Moon, yeah. and, and play any kind of, uh, like I say, we have something like a lucky 15 or a lucky 31 where you can take four or five teams and just uh, put all the parlays in from two team, three team, four teams, put a bet like that on for, for 25 or 50 cents. Yeah, uh, it might cost you 10 or $15 and you'll get winners. Like, I mean, the Cardinals just seem to have so outperformed the the rotation and the lineup that they have to trot out night after night. Um, I think it was last week when we talked about the Dodgers and uh, it might have been Julio Arias is yeah. being their SP4 almost mm-hmm. um, and having the record that he's got because the Cardinals rotation is full of SP4s pretty much. That's yeah. all they've got. I think Adam Wainwright's maybe a bit better. And then you look at uh, Hap, uh, John Lester, Miles Mikolas. Um, I think Kim's just gone back down uh, to Triple A Flart, he's injured. So they're looking at Woodford, Oviedo, Hudson. Um, they really have to cobble together this lineup. Um, and then even the bats. I like, obviously, Arenado and Goldschmidt yeah. are top class. Matt Carpenter's okay, the agent. And then it's just, it's it's all right. It's Tommy Edmund, it's Paul de Jong, uh, Dylan Carlson, Harrison Bader. These are the, the okay players, but they're the middle pack, they'd be drafted middle in in fantasy leagues. Um, and yeah, they've, they've really outperformed. I think the bullpen's come back. Alex Reyes, who gets a mention because of my little bet every now and again on this podcast, mm-hmm. who was doing really well, then absolutely fell off a cliff. And then now, every morning when I check, he started getting little S's next to his name for saves and wins, um, having been dropped into real middle relief. Um, he's back. Uh, I think he's been forced back into action uh, because they've been winning so many games. So they've needed a lot of back end relievers yeah. to go out and save games. Uh, Giovanni Gallegos uh, has done the same. Genesis Cabrera's pitched really well as well, actually. Um, but yeah, Alex Reyes has suddenly turned back up in the saves column and the wins column again. Um, so yeah, hats off to the cards. A little bit like the Giants in that I think they've over overachieved, not to the not to the level that the Giants have done because for the Giants to maintain what they've done has been absolutely outstanding. But uh, yeah, you can't. You just can't see the cards going deeper. It's not like the Blue Jays who are fighting for a wild card. But yeah. you look at that lineup, you can see them going deep. You look at the Cardinals, and you just think they're going to get found found out sooner or later. Um, yeah. Talking about wild cards, Moonaf, your Red Sox, uh, five wins in a row um, on the up again, back in the wild card spot. Yeah, and I think, you know, we talked about this when we were talking about, I think, on the show last week, is that the Orioles are in town, so you need to win every single one of these games, and they did that. And I think this was a great betting opportunity that I blindly, every single morning when I woke up, I was taking the Red Sox uh, team total in the first five innings, uh, the Red Sox full game team total, and also I think I took a couple overs for the full game. And I think I probably went nine and zero in all those games because Malcolm, we've talked about this, how bad the pitching is for the, um, for the Baltimore Orioles outside of John means, who's going tonight against the Phillies outside of him. That rotation is just atrocious. Um, yeah, they're, so they're one game back in the uh, wild card for the American league. Uh, I believe they have the Mets to start the week. So that'll be an interesting series. Well, I know we'll get to the series later on, like I mentioned, but 
Yeah, I mean, they're winning the games that they need to win. And now, you know, you have about, what, 15, uh, 13 to 14 games left. The Red Sox do have the third easiest schedule remaining. They still have three against the Orioles, three against the Nationals, and two games against the Mets. The other three are against the Yankees. So it's going to be fun coming down the stretch. Uh, I guess I kind of put you on the spot here is my question for you. Is that I think last week the Rays... I believe had a nine game lead in the American league East. All of a sudden it's down to six and a half games over the weekend. Now the Rays have, they have the sixth hardest schedule. They have, so listen to this. They have three against the Astros, three against the blue Jays, three against the Yankees. So that's nine games right there. And then three against the Marlins and the Red Sox have, like I said, three against the Orioles, Nationals, Mets, and the Yankees. The Red Sox are sitting at hundred to one right now to win, come back and win that division. Do you think they can do it? <laughs> I don't think they can do it, but I think hundred to one is a great price. Um, it's it's all lose and no They're... lose. But I mean, stick a fiver on. You're not going to miss a five. You'd spend that on a cup of coffee in the morning, yeah. wouldn't you? Um, because yeah, I think the I think the Blue Jays uh, will manufacture enough wins. Uh, sorry, the uh, Tampa Bay Rays will manufacture enough wins uh, to get over the line, but. I mean, we could be having this chat again on, uh, Thursday. on Thursday or Friday. It could, um, and it, could be, it could be three. Yeah, it could be two and a half, three games. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's certainly... I mean, you've got absolutely nothing to lose by putting uh, tomorrow morning's coffee money on it. Absolutely. Uh, I didn't think it would be that big, to be honest. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think the, the Rays have got the ability to go through the gears again. Uh, they may be just be hitting a little flat spot. Yeah. Uh, is, the, is the gear up for the, uh, for the, the playoffs? Um, you put in the show notes something that I haven't seen anything of, Munaf, which is a shouting match between Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis. Was this when Fernando dropped the ball? No, this was... Dropped you, the pop-up, no. You, you I saw a highlight of him drop, dropping, a, dropping a, a little pop-up into the shallow centre. Yeah, this was... I, I'm not sure if it was, I think it was yesterday or the day before. So I think it was when Wayne, Wainwright was on the mound for the Cardinals and Tatis was up to bat and... You know, I'm not going to drag the story out, but what happened was he got a call once uh, he called got a called first strike, and he seemed a bit frustrated with it. And then fast forward, he got called out on a third strike looking, and he was clearly upset about it. And I don't think he had a right to be upset because it was a strike. It was a little high, but it was in the it was in the strike zone. And Wainwright struck him out looking. He goes back into the dugout. Visibly frustrated, and I think the next guy came up, got a double down the line, and I think it was Machado's turn. Machado popped out to first base, and I think they had one more guy come up. So when the inning ended and Machado was headed back into the uh, dugout, um, them the, the somebody recorded a video of them getting into a shouting match, and it was Machado pretty much telling F- uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. is that this team is not about you. It, it's it, It's a team thing, so... He got frustrated that the manager got tossed out because of him, because of that call third strike, because managers, uh, great okay. manager is going to go out there and, and defend your player, right? Especially your best player. And so the manager got tossed out because of uh, Fernando. And then so Machado was was telling him, hey, it's not about you. It's about the team. But Machado also said, just go out and play baseball. You're the best player in the world in <laughs> baseball. Just go out and play. 
So I think it was more of a leadership thing between yes. Machado and Tatis. And I kind of read some of the reports after that, you know, Machado said when he was with the Orioles, he was a young guy, you know, there was, he wasn't the leader. He was, he was just a young guy like Tatis Jr. is right now. And, you know, for, for Machado to kind of step up at that point, I think it wasn't really a bad thing. I maybe it kind of galvanizes them, you know, it kind of lights a fire under them, but um you know, it was just interesting to see that, you know, those two, the the two best players kind of got into a shouting match. And I think I would have to side on Machado's Machado's side on this one because it was clearly a third strike. And, you know, Tatis Jr. has to, you know, kind of mature and grow up. I mean, he's still a very young player, one of the best. I think we could say him and Otani are probably the future of MLB. But for Machado and, and, and to kind of give him that learning point, I think was kind of interesting to interesting to see because they, this team is so close to being really good, but they've just been a huge disappointment this season. Yeah, it's it's great when you get some sort of high-level uh, insight into, into locker room stuff. It's almost like sort of watching hard knocks when you get to see, uh, you get the peep behind the curtain. And Obviously, yeah, Machado's gone through plenty of trials and tribulations himself. Yeah. He's got a bit of a reputation uh, through the years, but for him to be stepping up and showing some leadership and I'm sure Fernando Tatis, if you ask him about it in 10 years, uh, we'll say nothing but glowing things. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I do love that sort of thing. Um, I mean, talk about players and their personalities, which isn't something um, you, you see enough of. It's something that, like certainly Premier League footballers, um, the, that's one of the things that they've lost is that relationship with the fans. And some players now through social media are sort of getting back to be able to have a relationship with fans. But we did see another great example uh, in... MLB this week, and it was Mookie Betts, with something which tells you all about all about this character. If if you read more about this story, sort of the lovelier uh, things people are saying about him, yeah. um, and it was TJ Friedel um, who came up for the Reds and hit his first home run, uh, deposited one uh, into the bleachers in right field, and Mookie Betts had the uh, wherewithal to realise what has happened, realise that it was his first homer. And he went over to the wall and he asked the fan, caught the fan's attention, sort of waved his arms around and asked for the ball back. Um, and the fan obliged straight away and Mookie Betts managed to get the ball back for TJ Friedel, uh, which Friedel was obviously delighted with, a piece of history for himself. Yeah. Um, and then the start of the next inning, Mookie Betts took a bat, a signed bat out um, and gave it to the fan. So it was just a nice thing to see. It sort of gives you a little bit of faith in human nature, Mina. Yeah, Mookie Betts. I mean, man, this he was he's probably my top three, top five favorite Red Sox of all time. And it was just unfortunate that they had to trade him. But even when he was with the Red Sox, I mean, just a class guy, a a, a guy you can find yourself rooting for easily, a fan favorite for sure. And this is just another example of how a decent of a human being that Mookie Betts is. And you know, he he's not the type of player that's gonna create the drama in the clubhouse. He's going to be one of your leaders. And for him to go out and do that for a young player that's up and coming in our league, I think that's, you know, that's commendable. And you got to tip your hat from, from two Mookie bets. I mean, I wouldn't expect anything less from Mookie. He, he's just a, a great ball player and an even, even better human being. Uh, next up, this blew my mind, Eddie Rosario's cycle. Uh, now it's always fun when someone hits a cycle, um, but, Eddie Rosario hit a cycle on five pitches, Munaf. What do you think of that? That's we can probably write that down. That's never that's gonna be a record that's never gonna be broken. 
That's crazy. Five pitches. You think about that. You need a single, double, home run, and a tri- and a uh, sorry, triple also. And he did that in five pitches. So yeah. So that's yeah. That's all, crazy. All four things. So I think you hit a, a zero and one single first time up, mm-hmm. or a zero and one double, and then he did everything else on the first pitch. And the homer was last. I think it was the ninth inning. Uh, Homer. Yeah. So yeah, he just he just started first pitching absolutely everything. So yeah, hitting the cycle is one thing. But hitting the cycle on five pitches. Um I very much enjoyed that. Uh Shohi Otani, we talked about him uh in our little MVP segment last week, saying the fact that he was going to be closed down from pitching. Uh with Scott Reichel was on, we talked about it. Yeah. Said the fact that he was going to be closed down from pitching might just leave the door ajar for uh Vlad. To, to pick up some more votes. And no sooner do we publish that article than uh, Otani's back on the mound. Uh, ten strikeouts over eight innings pitched. Yeah. Um, and I think just little things like that, even a little bit of recency effect, uh, should just close the door on that uh, and my uh, 35 to 1 moon up. Yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy because we were talking about he was going to miss the Friday start for sure, but I didn't, I didn't think that he was going to start so soon as of like Sunday, but you know, just goes to show you how great of a player that Otani is. And it's even crazy that the odds are still around minus 2,500 for Otani to win this, you know, when they were about minus 10,000 yeah. a couple of weeks ago. So this is definitely going to get interesting. I think that, uh, oh, I think that if Vlad gets to 50 home runs, I kind of want to see where this, this line comes back the next day after he gets that 50th home run, if he does this season. So, um, I think it's going to be a closer race than we think uh, just because the odds are, are significantly come down for Otani, but um, he's, his bat has kind of cooled off. You know, we haven't heard about him hitting many more home runs. I think his last one was against the Astros. I think last week, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, but yeah, definitely we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on that for sure. As, as we do with some of these other uh, races. Uh, and our final little bit of news was just something that made me giggle a little bit. Uh, we talked about the Yankees a lot. Um, Garrett Cole, who's pretty much carried the entire rotation uh, and is probably, I don't know, one of the best three pitchers in baseball, Moonaf, I don't yeah. know. Uh, he got booed off the mound last night by those Yankees fans. <laughs> um, and then you just added lots of <laughs> hilarious comments to the show notes. Boo this man, boo in big letters. What's wrong with Garrett Cole, Moonaf? Why should the Yankees be booing him? What did he have a bad outing yesterday? Is that what it was? I think he gave up like what five in the he, first. Yeah, he inning. did have a bad outing. Yeah, uh, it's, the it's Yankees crazy had a bad thing. weekend, really. Yeah, and, and I think he gave up two in the first there, and then three in the top of the third, and that was pretty much it for the Yankees. But it's crazy how the odds have shifted now. That I think last time when Scott was on with us, uh, Garrett Cole was favored to win the Cy Young. Yeah, now your guy Robbie Ray is favored to win the Cy Young. And he's on the mound tonight, so I think this is an opportunity for Robbie Ray to really kind of solidify his case as the Cy Young. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, Garrett Cole has really kind of carried this team, uh, or at least the pitching rotation, all throughout the season. You know, you get one or two bad starts from, you know, your three. One of the three best pitchers in the league, and especially at a time when the, the, the race is so tight, that one bad start can shift your odds so much like it did for Garrett Cole. So if Robbie Ray has a bad, you know, outing tonight, who knows Garrett Cole might be closer to the favorite now, but yeah, I mean, Yankee, I guess New York media, New York fans. And and I think you can throw Philly in there. 
they're ruthless, man. If you have one one bad outing, they're gonna they're gonna boo you. But um, yeah, you're right. Garrett Cole has really been you know carrying that that rotation for the Yankees throughout the season. Hopefully, I think that's something they address in the off season at least for for their rotation because it's just been so bad outside of Garrett Cole. Yeah, don't be wishing a bad outing on Robbie Ray for me, Moon. I found, oh, no. uh, I, I, I messaged you this evening or this earlier today about his strikeout props. I re- I put a significant bet down on that tonight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's well renowned for for a double digit plus uh, yeah. strikeouts, and you said the line tonight was eight and a half. Maybe is that what you betted at? Eight and a half, and I think when I when I looked at the splits, he has forty six strikeouts against the Rays in about five starts. So it's right at that nine, but yeah, the Rays bats are kind of struggling. So, you know, well, I'm sure I'll be messaging you once he hopefully gets to that ninth strikeout by like the fourth inning. Yeah. I'll happily take 17 Ks tonight. If there it uh, puts that gap between him and Garrett Cole for my, uh, my 25 to one Robbie Ray strikeout King. Uh, we are brought to you by prop swap. I might be, uh, Looking to put me 25 to 1 uh, up on PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com, which is packed with fresh features like filtered tickets based on value to find the best odds, a loyalty rewards program that's turned sales into extra cash, and you can browse the activity feed to stay in the know. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will match it up to $500. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Thousands of buyers across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. Uh, Moon after underdogs, the underdogs, the September underdogs, um, we spoke on whatever night it was, and we were we were about two grand ahead. Um, uh, fill us in. What's happened over the last four or five nights? Yeah, we had a little bit of regression over the past uh, three days here. Uh, I think the what, 17th was a Saturday. Uh, whatever day it was, I think Friday. But um, <clears throat> yeah, Friday. So Friday was a day of the favorites. Uh, if you would have bet hundred dollars on every uh, underdog, you would have lost seven hundred and twenty-one dollars. But we uh, came back on uh, Saturday and made back about six hundred twenty of it. Then yesterday, about minus one fifty-eight. But for the month, you're still up around right at that two grand mark that we talked about, Malcolm, last show. So um, about what 10, 11 days left in this month. Um, maybe they can push that number up to you know twenty-five or three thousand. But yeah, you'd be looking, still be looking really good at at around uh, plus two thousand if you were betting uh, every single underdog. So we'll keep uh, tracking that um, definitely throughout the rest of this month, and we'll hopefully have a uh, uh, update every single show until the end of the month. But right now, uh, as of through September nineteenth, plus two thousand and sixteen dollars betting every underdog. Yeah, those last four nights we've offset each other. We've had a yeah a plus a plus one hundred and a minus one hundred. And then uh, a plus six hundred and a minus seven hundred. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've had offsetting, offsetting results. Um, series then. There's some. Uh, you you marked a few down uh, series upcoming this week. Uh, but MLB.com have also um, highlighted a few upcoming series. The, really, the big ones that are going to impact uh, most. And 
Uh, starting tonight, then, um, Blue Jays and the Rays. So, yeah. Blue Jays have got that second NL wildcard spot. The Rays just wobbling, like you say, a little bit. Um, but they're what, four and seven in the last 11 games. Um, and they're just, like I say, just opening the door, even not necessarily for Boston, but um, but for home field advantage as sure. well. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a, a big series. But I do like the way the, the Blue Jays are going. That's going to be fascinating watching, I think, this week. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I'm not really sold on this pitching for the Rays right now. I mean, they did a lot to improve their batting, obviously. Added Nelson Cruz, but I think Nelson Cruz has been injured. And also, you know, uh, Wander Franco is kind of working his way back. So I think when you get those two, those two guys back in the lineup, it might be a different story. But, yeah, like you mentioned, they lost, they split the series against the Tigers 2-2 uh, in their previous series. They lost to the Blue Jays. So they haven't won a series in... I think the last one was against the Red Sox all the way back at the at the beginning of the month. But yeah, this is a big series between the Blue Jays and the uh the Rays here. Uh they played about a couple weeks ago. Blue Jays took two out of three from there. You have Robbie Ray, the ace for the Blue Jays going tonight. So definitely a series to keep your eye on. Um uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna have to put down some stake money on the Red Sox and the Blue Jays for that division. I mean I don't know. I'm not. I'm not really sold on this on this pitching staff for the Rays. I, they had to give up a lot to kind of give get some batters yeah. back. But um, the Red Sox are hot right now. They have an easy schedule, and then along with the Blue Jays, you know, they have bro- both great pitching, and that uh, batting uh, lineup has been is really good. Like we've talked about all season long for the Blue Jays. So you know, I'll just put some fun money down and see what happens. Yeah, the other early week uh, slate of, of note really is the Cardinals at the Brewers now. Uh, we've just talked about how hot the Cardinals have been. Now they've got four games against the Brewers, um, and they just won't want to won't want to let it slide. Now, obviously, the Brewers are a tough opponent. If yeah. the Cards could split this series, because um, this is this is quite a big one, really, with with an eye on your Phillies as well. Yeah. Um, because I think the the Cardinals have been so hot, it's going to be tough for the Phillies to catch them. Uh, mm-hmm. The Phillies' best chance is to catch the Braves. Yeah. Um, but the the Cardinals won't want to be getting swept this week by the Brewers. Yeah, that's a big series, of, obviously, for the Cardinals because the Brewers pretty much have that division locked up. Um, yeah, like you said, you know, the Cardinals probably the hottest team in the National League. Um, and I think the only way the NL East uh, team is going to get into the playoffs is winning by that division. I don't think there's going to be a team that's going to get in the wild card spot. So, uh, yeah, definitely another series to keep your eye on for sure. You know, this might be an opportunity for the Brewers if they want to kind of, you know, push a division rival out of sorry, division rival out of the playoff picture. So uh, pretty good pitching matchups in that one also. So another series to keep your eye on in the National League. Yeah, uh, the other three big series kind of next at uh, the weekend, the, the Friday to Sunday series um, or Thursday to Sunday series. So we can have a chat about those yeah. uh, when we do that on Thursday night. So um, yeah, the, the other one that as we've already talked about is the Phillies and the Orioles. The Phillies just have to plow through those seven games. Yep. Uh, against the Orioles and the Pirates, um, get themselves, give themselves a good a chance as humanly possible uh, of landing some prices. Uh, and as we mentioned, if you do want to bet the Phillies for anything, uh, you need to do it pretty much uh, today or tomorrow, like before, um, before things contract a little bit. Yeah. Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. Uh, Moonaf, you do not need this. For you can you can check out for two minutes while I do this, Andrew Moonaf. 
You have the most luxurious head of hair <laughs> uh, on the SJP uh, network. Uh, and it's not even close. Um, a convenient virtual doctor consultation and medication delivered straight to your door every three months. You do not have to leave your home. Low-cost treatments start at £10 per month and keeps offers generic versions. Discreet packaging and proven results. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results. So act fast. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash SGP to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash SGP to get your first month free. keeps.com slash SGP. I think, Munaf, uh, that is the one thing that me and you certainly do not need. Um, my hair, uh, from the eyes up, I'm in great condition. My eyes are 20-20 vision. My hair is thick and beautiful. The rest of me, from the eyes down, useless. Absolutely hopeless. <laughs> Nothing works. Um, I've got a body like a dropped lasagna. Um, but from the eyes up, I'm absolutely great. Uh, and yeah, your, your, uh, your hair, I mean... I am. You might be the only man in the world who I'm jealous of the hair because I think my hair's pretty. Especially all my friends, they haven't got a hair between them. Uh, you're the only person I think. Ooh, I do like Moonaf's hair. <laughs> I got to give a lot of credit to my barber and I guess and uh, <laughs> and jeans, right? So I think uh, those two things are working for me. But I mean, you had a great head of hair. I, you just kind of buzzed it off because of summertime, right? Mine will be back. The thing with my hair is, Moon, you can hear it growing in a quiet room. It grows back, <laughs> grows back so fast. I mean, it's quite short now. By Thursday, it'll be down to my shoulders again. Like, um, so yeah, I don't. Know, yeah, but yeah, say the rest of me, um, me and you both. <laughs> yeah, the the one thing we've got going for us, Moon. Um, okay, so let's get into it. See, we're we're on slightly truncated schedules at the minute as we head towards the playoffs. Because uh, we sorted sort of team news, upcoming series, and yeah. then straight into the picks because we haven't got divisions to preview and things like that. Um, so, where do we want to go? Um, did we go through? I don't think we did reviewed our. We picks did at the top week. of the show, didn't we? I totally. Yeah. We can do it now. We went straight into the yeah. So let's unpack um, what we gave out the last show. Uh, yeah, apologies for that. I've just gone rogue tonight. And then we can make some more picks. Um, I was cursed by the pitching change again. And this pitching change occurred about 30 seconds after we finished recording, I think. Yeah, um, I think I messaged you. <laughs> literally, I mean, it must have happened while we were recording. Yeah. Um, I'd taken Taylor Hearn, I think it was against the White Sox. Um, and yeah, everybody moved around. Again, like the Lincoln baseball team, they listen to the podcast, <laughs> moved everything around. Um, my dog was an unfortunate loss. Um, although in hindsight, you pointed something out to me, which I keep saying that I've, I've shown growth and development by taking the odd first five, which I had done with my luck, actually. Yeah. I took the, uh, the D-backs uh, in Zach Gallen. I had to be Zach Grenke in the Astros. And uh, there were 6-4 up yep. uh, in going into the eighth inning. Uh, so they would have landed that first five uh, line, but I start to need to factor in these bullpens, man. Yeah. Um, I've I've learned about it. You you've you've talked me through it, uh, and I should have been better. This should have been a first five pick because I was taking Gallen against Grenke. Yeah, and Gallen beat Grenke. Yeah, my bet loses because I've gone money line. Uh, they gave up three runs in the eighth and got beat seven six. 
Yeah, this is, a, I think, a great teaching moment and a learning moment for ourselves and, and, and everybody. I think you kind of have to remember that even the best betters in the world that do this on a professional basis that either do it out of their home or live in Vegas, that betting is you're going to learn something every single day. And I think throughout our first season here doing this podcast has been that we need to you know, start looking at, especially when we're taking dogs from some of the worst teams in the league, like the Diamond Max, um, Orioles, Tigers, Rangers, that we kind of also have to factor in the bullpen. And, and, and the bullpen is not really going to kick in until after five innings if their starter is having a great inning. And I think that, you know, for, for the dogs that I think if you would have bet this first five innings, I think that would have been a winner for you. But, you know, when you have such bad teams, I think the bullpen is going to be bad. So I think something for sure that it's, it's a teaching moment that especially in this month where dogs are cashing, I think it will be interesting to also look out if they are cashing in the first five innings and the ones that are cashing in the first five innings, are they closing out the games with their bullpens? I think that'd be something a fun exercise to kind of look out in the off season, but you know, we're, we're learning here. Right. And like you mentioned that next season or for the rest of this, this, this season that taking the first five inning money line is something that we probably want to look at. Yeah. It's, it's something I wouldn't do in other sports as well, because I'm the bet is then out of my hands. I've done my beat. Uh, and your handicap was spot on about it. Yeah, right? ex- yeah, exactly. I've done what, what I wanted to do. But yeah. yeah, I've let a third of the bet just be in something uncontrollable. You shorten uh, the game. Or yeah. even, it's not even uncontrollable. I'm actually actively aware that the D-backs pen yeah. uh, is rubbish. Like, um, Yeah, so it was just, I don't know, it wasn't, I'm not going to say it was lazy because if I'd thought about it a little bit more, I might have put up the first five. And I remember being so proud of myself when I did it the week before when Scott was on. Uh, so yeah, maybe may a slight oversight, but process is okay, Moonaf. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm going to take out of that. That's, um, you, however, uh, a little W? Yeah, I had the uh, Phillies money line on Friday night uh, as one of my picks. It ended up that they did open up as a favorite. Uh, I think I believe the line closed around my, minus 125 for the Phillies against the Mets, but yeah, Phillies hung on for the W. The Bomos, again, almost gave it up uh, for the Phillies, but they were able to pull it out in the end. I believe they won this game 4-3. to three. Um, Wheeler was absolutely fantastic, again, for the Phillies. Their ace pitcher, definitely in that conversation for Cy Young, but I think he's going to fall short. But, you know, the Phillies took care of business this weekend, and I'm glad they got that W for me on Friday night. My other pick was uh, Otani was going the same night, but when we had discussed that he had arm soreness, that he was going to be out. But um, I didn't see, I didn't honestly, it wasn't on my radar on Sunday because of NFL that he was starting. But yeah, we're not going to count that here because we didn't get a, you know, even the chance to talk about it. And I thought that he was going to be out for a while, but uh, Philly's got the job done uh, on Friday night for me. And then Scott's uh, quickly run through it. Um, he, he swept the board. He had the uh, Red Sox team total as his lock. On Friday, no, sorry, Saturday, um, the Red Sox scored three in the first inning. They tacked down, I think, a couple more through five innings before uh, Alexander Bogart hit a three-run home run in the sixth inning to not only put that team total over, but the full game went over also. So W for Scott there on his lock. And then I think on Saturday, he had the Tigers' first five innings money line. Um, I think it was Patino that he was fading. That's right, yeah. For the uh, Rays, and you know, that's a guy that we had also talked about. I think last week or the week before, fading him. So, um, a nice little three and zero for for the podcast. Um, 
you know, oh, sorry, three and one, uh, another winning week though. You know, we'll, we'll take that any day of the week after that kind of stumbling we had last month, but hopefully we, you know, we close out the week, uh, this week, uh, strong. And then also the, for the rest of the month. So we only have a couple of weeks left here before we get to the playoffs. Yeah. That was, um, shrewd, shrewd picking from Scott. Uh, wouldn't expect anything less. Um, okay. We've, we've got a double dog moon, which you've done a lot of the heavy lifting on. Uh, so I will, um, I'll lead off with my luck. Um, I've gone. I've gone early because I'm sick of the pitching changes. So I didn't want to pick anything from Wednesday or Thursday and give the teams time to mess everything around. Um, so I've actively looked for a Tuesday night luck, uh, and I've fetched out a nice one. There's a couple of reasons why I think this is really nice, um, and it is Eduardo Rodriguez of the Red Sox against Marcus Stroman of the Mets. Um, the Mets have cost me money in all kinds of different ways uh, this season. Um, so I'm happy. I'm happy to fade them this one time. Um, firstly, it's as simple as the Red Sox are winning uh, one five in a row uh, tonight, notwithstanding, uh, and the Mets are finding all kinds of different ways to lose games. Um, the stat lines for these two pitchers, Munaf. I mean, I would give you this as a trivia question, but it's kind of obvious what the answers are. Um, one of these pitchers is eleven and eight with an ERA of five. And the other one is 9 and 12 with an ERA of 2.88, um, which is completely and utterly <laughs> back, backwards and counterintuitive. Yeah. Uh, so the picture with the uh, the ERA, which is twice as high, um, is Eduardo Rodriguez, who has 11 wins and 8 losses. Um, a 2.88 ERA, Munaf, with a record of 9 and 12. I mean, you'd expect that he'd have to have a record of something like 13 and 5 or something. That's like, uh, with a record like that. It's like the Grom record, right? Because he he has the sub two ERA when he's healthy, but he never gets the run support, and his record's always like nine and twelve when it's supposed to be like thirteen and two. It's absolutely staggering, really, and it just tells you how much the Mets have struggled to score runs. Uh, they can't hit with runners in scoring position, so this is all part of the handicap as well. Um, Getting into the numbers, he wrote, uh, he's got that ERA of five, but his August ERA is 3.33. And in two of his three starts this month, he hasn't given up a run. Um, he did get shelled in between times by Tampa, uh, but we'll, we'll draw a line through that because generally the trends are good. Uh, the trends have been better for Rodriguez as we've gone. Um, no problem with Strowman at all. I am not fading Strowman. He's been rock solid. He's got a whip of 1.12. The uh, opposition are hitting 238 against him. It's a situational feed. Um, Boston Red Sox are hot. Uh, they're a team who have got something to play for. Uh, the Mets haven't. The Mets are anemic. They're insipid. Um, the Red Sox are 47 and 29 at home. The Mets are 29 and 44 on the road. Everything tells you that this is the Red Sox game to win. But I do think because of these two pitchers, and because of where the ARAs are, I think it's going to bring the prices closer together. I think the Mets will get a little boost. I think odds makers will look at the lines, look at the numbers, which we just quoted uh, on Rodriguez and Strowman. And I don't think this will be a prohibitively short price, really. I think yeah. the Red Sox will be favourites, but I think it might be, I don't know, what do you, maybe minus 130 moon after am I being a bit ambitious? Yeah, probably in that neighbourhood, because you're going to, if it was any other team that, the Red Sox were playing, you probably have to pay that that Boston tax, like you have to do with the, like a Dodgers tax or a Yankees yeah. tax. But because it is the Mets, 
I mean, they do have some type of credibility or, or fandom that they have their own kind of tax also. So I think those numbers are probably even out. Yeah, I think you're probably right that it'll probably open up around minus 120, minus 130 in that neighborhood for the Red Sox. So, uh, I mean, I'm not going to argue you betting on the Red Sox at all, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean. No, no, you're not annoyed that I'm going to jinx them for you, Muna. No, and I think it's, two, you know, like you said, it's two teams that are kind of going in opposite directions and you kind of look at the home road splits. Red Sox, one of the best teams at Fenway this or at home this year. And then the Mets are, you know, 29 and 44, like you said, on the road. So, um, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez, who was supposed to kind of be your number two starter in this rotation, um, fell off early in the season. But as of late, like you mentioned in your uh, handicap in September, he's been pitching well. So momentum for the Red Sox after coming off a series against the Orioles. I mean, it is the Orioles, but when your, bot, your, your bats are doing well, it's going to kind of carry on for you week to week. So I'll definitely uh, uh, stamp that for the Red Sox money line tomorrow night. Okey doke. Uh, Moonaf, give us your two, because like I say, we ended up um, alighting on the same dog. So give us your lock first and yeah. then give out the dog, which is uh, which is going to carry the hopes of both of us. Yeah, for my lock, uh, it's going to go on Wednesday. It's going to be the Royals money line versus the Cleveland Indians. Carlos Hernandez versus Logan Allen. Uh, prior to his last outing for Carlos Hernandez, he's pitching. He's been pitching really well for the Royals. Uh, before his last start, he had allowed more than two runs only twice over eight starts. And on the road this season, Hernandez is the perfect three and zero with a two point six ERA. Opponents are hitting one seventy six against him on the road. And then on the mound uh, for the Indians, it's going to be Logan Allen. Um, it's not pretty for him. It's one, he has a one in five record with a 6.59 ERA at home this season. He has respectable numbers against the Royals, but I think this is going to be a very, very tough matchup for him as the Royals bats are doing pretty well over the last seven days. The Royals are top five in most statistical, uh, batting and offensive categories in the American league. Um, they do kick off two games tonight, but I think Carlos Hernandez, is a guy that we have talked about, and I think his, he's going to do really well for the Royals on Wednesday. Um, and the numbers are, are really saying that, you know, he's been pitching well over the last couple months here for the Royals. So that'll be the lock. And then our double dog between Malcolm and myself, it's going to go off Tuesday, tomorrow night. It's going to be the Detroit Tigers first five money, first five innings money line versus the Chicago White Sox. And it's going to be Dallas Keuchel, versus Tyler Alexander on the mound for the Tigers. I'll start with Dallas Keuchel. I mean, he's been really, really bad on the road and against the Tigers this season. So I think a, a double fade opportunity for us. Um, on the road, Dallas Keuchel is a record of 3-7 and seven with a 6.06 ERA. Keuchel has lost five straight road games. He's allowed 25 earned runs over those last five road starts. And against the Tigers this season in two starts, he's pitched 10 innings and allowed 12 hits and nine earned runs and allowed the Tigers to hit 293 against him. And on the mound for the Tigers is Tyler Alexander. He's been pitching very, very well for the Tigers. Over his last 10 starts, he's thrown 38 and two-thirds of an inning, allowed only 15 earned runs in that span. He's really trimmed his ERA, which was about 4.77. I think at the starting of August, uh, down to 4.13. It doesn't seem like a lot, but that's a. I think that's a pretty significant uh, improvement from almost being at five to almost down to four. It's almost, uh, almost a full earned run. And Alexander has 
uh, five appearances against the White Sox this season. That's been out of the bullpen for a total of eight innings, so he has some familiarity with the White Sox uh, lineup. And in those eight innings, he's only allowed eight hits and only allowed three earned runs in that span. So I think this is, Malcolm, you probably agree, that's more a, a, a huge fade on Dallas Keuchel. We're taking the first five inning money line because don't trust this Tigers bullpen. But I think if the Tigers are able to get to uh, Keuchel in the first couple of innings there, I think they should be able to get this first five uh, money line uh, victory for us as our double dog. Yeah, absolutely. I echo all of that, Muna. Um, obviously, I... I handicapped Tyler Alexander last week uh, in the game that I tried to take him on before pitching changes scuppered me again. So he was a pitcher that I wanted to be on the right side on uh, the right side of this week. So yeah. I knew when you, when you put that up first as your dog, uh, that rather than try and force one myself, uh, I was happy to take it, uh, take it as well. Absolutely. And yeah, you're right. What you say about Keigel um, does look vulnerable. Uh, just adding quickly onto my pick um, as I, as I mentioned that I should have taken the D-backs first five. Yeah. Um, I did consider this uh, while picking my lock moon after the, uh, the Red Sox this week, but the, the Mets bullpen on something that I was, that I had a problem factoring in. Um, in fact, if anything, they, they were a, a, a reason to take the money line uh, rather than the first five, because this could be close over the first five. Said yeah. Marcus Stroman's really good. Uh, this could easily be one, one through five. And then the Mets bullpen will blow it up. Uh, so I did factor it in uh, before you think I've blindly gone along yeah. and uh, not followed my own advice again. Uh, re- Realised my mistake and not, not acted on it. Uh, that is not true. I have factored it in uh, and was happy to factor uh, the Mets bullpen in there. there um, um, Scott Reichel, uh, two shrewd Ws uh, last week. He's made a couple of picks for us. Uh, and Scott will give us those picks now. Hey guys, Scott Rochelle back here again with your walk-in dog for the week. Quickly recapping how we did over the weekend. We did very well as we ended up sweeping the board. We went 2-0 for plus 2.5 units. So look for another sweep here over the next few days. Starting with the lock on Wednesday, I like the Phillies minus 1.5 at home against the Orioles. Phillies have won four of their last five games, while the Orioles have lost eight of their last nine. Plus six of those losses have come by at least two runs. So I think the Phillies should really dominate in this matchup. You have Wheeler on the mound for Philadelphia. Last three starts, 17 and two-thirds innings pitched, 1.02 ERA. Meanwhile, you have Aiken on the mound for Baltimore. His road starts this season have been absolutely terrible as he has 49 innings pitched, 7.71 ERA on the highway. And the Phillies are still in the playoff hunt, so this game definitely means a lot more to Philly than it does to Baltimore. I think Philly rolls here on Wednesday. And looking at the dog on Tuesday, I like the Cardinals' first five money line at the Brewers. Cardinals have won each of their last eight games, and the Brewers have lost three of their last five. Woodford is on the mound for St. Louis. Two appearances against Milwaukee this season. Seven innings pitched, zero runs allowed, so he's been very good against this particular opponent. And Woodruff is pitching for Milwaukee. Two starts against St. Louis this season. Twelve and two-thirds innings pitched, 4.97 ERA. So Woodruff... For whatever reason, a struggle against St. Louis and the Cardinals are the hottest team in baseball right now. And the Cardinals should get off to a pretty hot start and cash this plus price ticket. Other than that, though, that has been your lock and dog for the week. Let it ride. There you go. Thank you very much, Scott. Good luck with those. And Munaf, uh, that gets us to the end of the show. So um, what's happening? Tell us what's happening the rest of the week uh, on the SGP. And you getting involved in the football, the baseball, is it college stuff? What are you up to? 
Yeah, we have uh, obviously NFL season. I'm going to be putting out a referee stats, trends, and reports. Yes, I love your referee stuff. Um, I saw you tweeting about it earlier on. I was punching the air. Yeah, I put a little teaser out there. I, I kind of want to wait you know, the, these first two games and kind of get some more data and, and really compare it to last season. So uh, I'm going to put out a report. I believe I want to try to get that up by Wednesday uh for the website so you know those there's you know it's not going to be for every single referee hopefully there's about four to five i can find that you know the the way they've started this this uh season and compared to if they've been following the kind of the trends from last season so you know that's always a fun little article that gets up on our website for the nfl and we're starting our uh 30 teams in 30 days for the NBA season. It's crazy that it's we're the about, NBA back already. It's Did crazy. Not just finished yesterday. It really is. And I, I was talking to a couple of buddies and then a couple of people in Slack channel that it just seemed like that the season ended about like last week. But here we are. We're 30 days away. We I put out the first article for my team today, the Houston Rockets. So uh definitely check that out on the website. So we're gonna be grinding one out uh every single day for the NBA season. So it's going to be busy times really for myself, you know, trying to compartmentalize all three sports with NFL, MLB, and um, and the NBA getting back. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. But, yeah, a lot of content on the website, whether it's, you know, golf season is underway. We have Ryder Cup this week. Um, like you said, EPL, soccer, college football, college basketball is right around the corner. So, it's 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 uh that time of the year where sports is kicking back up and uh you know definitely check out all the content on the website at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Yeah, I was gonna mention the Ryder Cup. It's barely uh, had any airtime from us. Um on Friday, Moonaf, making all the boys, mm-hmm. uh, we have a great big house in the Forest of Dean, okay. uh, which is a lovely area. It's about five hours drive from here, it's quite a long way, um, right down in the southwest of the country. Um, big swimming pool, sauna, barbecues, uh, and we are going to drink beer and watch golf for 72 hours straight. Uh, so if you're trying to get any so- any sense out of me, Moonaf, next weekend, <laughs> uh, I don't fancy your chances, like, because uh, I've got no intention of doing anything else, but uh, getting a bit leery. So yeah, looking forward to that. Um, we've got a few little predictor competitions, and I've, uh, I've just put my first DFS lineup on, my first DraftKings Ryder Cup lineup tonight, so... Yeah, so looking forward to some uh, some real degen time next weekend. We um, but we'll uh, we'll be back on Thursday night uh, to see how our picks went and preview the weekend series. Um, yeah. yeah, so thanks for joining us. Um, enjoy your week, gambling and everything you could possibly do. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you down the road. Cheers. <laughs>